thank you, Brother Demas, Brother Corporal Shakarin, or Demas Shakarin, Brother Carl Williams, and delegates all. I just think that uh, Brother uh, the Plowman here just expressed what I wanted to tonight. <laughs> that uh, he just taken my speech right from me <laughs> because I have enjoyed this. I believe this convention more than any convention I've ever been in. I've never seen in any convention more harmony and such real fellowship and brotherly love. Another thing that I've done, I've met uh, many new delegates of heaven, uh, new brethren, and I've had the privilege to shake hands with to talk to. Just a few nights ago, I was listening to the Baptist brother sitting over here. I can't think of his name. Irvin. And uh, he brought a card to me from, I believe it's his aunt, that's sitting here tonight. She's held that prayer card for some 20 years. She was brought into the meeting dying with a disease that maybe the doctor could explain what it is. It's something like leprosy, but it isn't leprosy. You just, there's an operation that could cut a, some kind of a card up here or something, but she'd be like a plant. She'd have to sit there. While she was sitting there, perhaps her card not call, called or nothing, did get in the prayer line. The Holy Spirit directed me to her. And she's back there tonight. Well, we're very thankful for that. But I think I think Howard Irving's over speaking to you, but I think the aunt is here. Maybe we can have her stand up. Would you stand up for the aunt? Of, uh, there she is. Wave your hand. Wave your hand. God bless you, my sister, for your gallant faith in the Son of God. May He keep you well until the time He calls you home, and this mortal will take on immortality. I'm so thankful for that, and I think she held that card for all these years now, and then it was brought here to me and showed me tonight. You know, I was saying, like bread upon the water, it returns to you, while you try to do something for somebody else. Now, I've also had the privilege of meeting many of these fine ministers, and I certainly appreciate their fine fellowship, this cooperation. Brother Carl announced me to be back next year, if the Lord is willing. We are here on earth, and I hope to meet every one of you here next year again. And each one bringing another delegate with him and with she. Now, there's just one thing that I would like to say a little something about, maybe for just a moment, because Dr. Reed is to speak next, and I've come all the way up here tonight. I've got 250 miles and I to make this trip to hear Dr. Reed, and just something happened a while ago that I would... But, but Dr. Reed, I drive a thousand miles to hear him. But something is, since I've been here, I would drive a thousand miles just to hear what I heard a little while ago. Such a wonderful thing. Something that flesh and blood cannot reveal. It takes the Holy Spirit to do it. And to see someone who encouraged my life in such a way, and I certainly would be very grateful all the rest of my life. What I wanted to say was, if I ever have to have an operation, call on. A medical doctor, you, you come to me, doctor, he's right away. I, I can trust a man to operate if I have to have one. Hands that leads in God. That, that would be the one I'd want working on me. And so yeah, I trust I'll never have to have it. But if I do, I want a, he or a man like him to do the work if he couldn't be there. I had something to happen last night. That, or yesterday afternoon, rather, that was really kind of strange to me. And I'll be brief because I don't want to take my brother's time as he um, go to speak. But I suppose it's kind of a complimentary to my ministry. I, I watch little things. Just every little thing has a meaning to me. 
I don't believe that anything happens to a Christian by chance. I think it's ordained of God. Because Jesus said he'd make all things work together for good to them that love him. So therefore, I believe that every little thing and, and the little humble ministry that he has given me to help you people, to help everyone, you all are help to me, helping each other to get to glory. In that, uh, every little thing has a meaning to me. But it was hard for me to believe that yesterday afternoon when I lost my text up here. <laughs> I tell you, I never was so got in my life. And then my, I, my wife gave me a new Bible for Christmas. My old one was just worn out. I've had it almost 20 years now. It was given to me by the Houston Gospel Tabernacle people many years ago when I started out on the campaigns. And uh, so I just... I cherish it so much, and I the leaves and pages of crossing the sea and around until I, it's just dropping out. I pick up a page maybe in Genesis, have to look back over in Deuteronomy somewhere to find it. So we're just stuck back in the Bible. So she got me one for Christmas, and I hate to lay the old book aside. It's been so dear to me. I said, if I went before Jesus comes, lay it on me. <laughs> Let it just go down with me. <laughs> I'll come up with it when we come up. So then... <laughs> That's my opinion. Anyhow, as I used to tell a little story, to hope this is not sacrilegious, but I went to, a man told me one time, I was Brother Earl Cricket uh, meeting up in New York, and uh, I met a man, he said, say, what are you doing with these businessmen being a preacher? I said, I'm a businessman. And he said, uh, what kind of business you're in? I said, assurance. Now, he thought I said insurance, you see. So I said, assurance? He said, uh, oh, what kind of uh, uh, assurance do you sell? I said, uh, eternal life. <laughs> I said, I don't sell it. I'm just a policyholder myself, and I try to describe it to others. <laughs> Remember a boy I went to school with one time? He was an insurance salesman. Now, insurance is all right, but I don't have any, you know, so... He comes to my house and he said, Billy, I'd like to sell you some insurance that I know your brother, my brother's sells for Metropolitan. He said, I said, I would, uh, I'd like to sell you some insurance. I said, oh, Wilmer, thank you. And you'll, you may be your nice brother. He writes the articles in the upper room, this book of the upper room. So he, I said, I have a assurance. He said, what? And my wife looked at me as if I was a hypocrite. She, she said, uh, Billy? And I said, yes. I said, I have insurance. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, I, I heard that you didn't have any insurance. And I said, uh, no, I have insurance. And, and he called me when I said that. He said, what did you say? I said, assurance. And uh, he said, well, what do you mean? I said, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. He said, Billy, you know, I appreciate that. So that's a very good thing. But said, son, that'll not put you out here in the graveyard. I said, but get me out. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not bothered about getting in. It's getting out. <laughs> so I think that's the way we feel about it. Last evening, I picked up that Bible, and I couldn't find that text. And I picked up that new Bible, not reading out the old. And I picked up the new one and put it on my arm and run up here. And I turned over to that place, and I thought, well, here, I believe it was St. John 16, uh, 21, and I, it wasn't a reading at all. I said to Brother Moore, is that where that's at? Yes. And I looked back, and uh, it wasn't there. <laughs> so I thought, well, I got a misplaced page, page in it. Then my brother here, uh, Stanley. Came, Brother Stanley, 
he came over, Bishop Stanley rather, and I don't know what the man meant. Uh, it was such a comfort, old. He walked up close to my side and he said, Hold steady, brother. God is maybe going to do something. And that just encouraged me to think that he had said, a, I wonder if you realize he prophesied. But talking to him a few moments ago, just before getting up here, I'm sure he did. So I brought in my message upon the birth pains and so forth. And my little rude way of doing it about the lily, how it's born down, begotten, and comes up and draws up the sun, the dewdrop, and so forth. And then the corruption of what it has to die out of, to uh, be born out of, rather, to come out. And I was trying to make an illustration of the church. Just like the doctor here. If he went to treat a patient, we've got doctors today that says you can rub your foot on the back of the heel and heal a cancer on your face. You see, but a good doctor wouldn't listen to such a thing as that. He treats the patient according to the book that he's reading on medical research. And that's the way I try to do to treat the patient. Now, I see the church sick. I don't want to try to tell them they need a new handshake or something like that, a new organization. I have to treat it according to the book that I, I know it's in. And so when I see the church look like breaking out with measles, I don't want to take the very prescription. I think it's right. And uh, for the measles, <laughs> to get it out of the church. And I see sin breaking out in it the same way. I tried to make a comparison with uh, Esau and Jacob. And then bringing times down, and I won't go into that, but bring it down to the last part. And my last scripture to use was um, comparing it, not unscripturally, but as Jesus said it would be. What the main doctor said the condition of the church should be in this last days, it would be a lady of sin, rich, blind, naked, poor church, and it would be compared with the days of Sodom. Now, we know that's the truth. If you notice it historically, he brought in the days of Noah first, and then the days of Sodom, and that's just the way it's traveled, just the same way. And history has many times uh, uh, repeats itself. History does, and so does the promises of the Bible. For instance, like in Matthew 3, where it said, Out of Egypt I've called my son. Now, if you run the reference on that, it was Jacob, his son, he called out of Egypt. That was his lesser son, but his great son, Jesus, was called out of Egypt, too. So it had a, a compound answer. So, and seeing as they went along talking about that, and then I brought my thoughts of that, and I walked out of the, off the platform and went out, my children going home wanted to stop by here somewhere to get a sandwich. And I went in, and the wife said, Billy, I was so nervous, I didn't know what to do. I said, I gave you that Bible. I said, you never wrote it, and you never put it together, honey. She said, but just to think, I, I gave you a, a Bible that had a flaw in it. I said, well, maybe it wasn't. And so one of the children picked it up, and we peeled the pages. No, it looked all right. But right down at the bottom, it was two pages sticking together, see? And the 16th chapter was on this side, and then... The continuation of the 16th chapter, come up on the other side, and the 17th started on it, see, just perfectly, exactly the same, across, and that Indian paper, real thin, sticking together, and I was reading out the 17th chapter all the time, instead of the 16th chapter. Well, I thought, God, why did you do that? Why would there be such a thing now? That's me feeling in order to see what it was all about, because I think nothing happens by chance. Now, I was thinking about the comfort of this uh, brother here coming, tell me, hold steady, him being priest. Hold steady. Maybe God is going to do something or something in that manner. And I thought, how could that be? And then sitting there like a thunderbolt out of heaven, it came to me. 
Uh, this might not make sense to you, but it does to me. See, I remember in Luke, the fourth chapter, that Jesus entered the synagogue at Nazareth, where he was brought up at, as his custom was to go into the church, on the synagogue on the Sabbath. And when he did, we noticed there that the priest uh, gave him the Bible, the scroll. Jesus, looking through the scroll, found a certain place, Isaiah 61, and he read the scripture. Then he handed the Bible back to the minister, and then as he turned to the audience, all eyes was up on him. And he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. And we know how peculiar that scripture reading was, because he just took a portion of the first and second verses of Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. But he read down this far where the Spirit of the Lord is upon me uh, to bind up the brokenhearted and to, to give uh, heal the, the sick and to open the blinded eyes and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he stopped. Or the next was to bring judgment. That would apply to his second coming, not his first coming. And he stopped and turned around and said, This day, this scripture is fulfilled. How direct that was. What, a, what a, uh, a statement it was to the teachers and to the people that were present that he could make this plain to the people. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. For here he was, the Messiah, yet they didn't believe it. Here he was, the anointed one for that hour. Every bit of his ministry from his birth up had proved to be what he was. And yet they could not believe it. What a statement. But he could say today, and if a person opened up their eyes, they could have knew, known what day that they were living in, for that was his hour. For he was right there doing exactly what the scriptures, all the prophets had said had happened in that day. Here he was doing exactly what God had prophesied would happen. How did they miss seeing it? They should have known right quick, seeing what his ministry was, there's the Messiah. They would have known it because he said the scriptures fulfilled. I think of today, and notice what that was, as the, the priest gave the word over. The word was read and back to the priest. And the last quotation out of my text that I had, and my scriptures wrote down, was St. Luke 17.30, where Jesus, referring back to this day that we're living in, rich Laodicea age, and yet rotten in politics, church politics, and national politics, just as rotten as it could be, and then he said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming in time. Notice what he said there. In the day that the Son of Man will be revealed. In the days that the Son of Man will be revealed. I want to draw your attention. See, he came in three names. He came as Son of Man, which was prophet. And that's what he did. He proved his ministry by being a prophet. We all know that. Every one of us knows it. He never said he was the Son of God. He said he was the Son of Man. Now today he is the Son of God which he returned back, and now he's in the form of the Holy Ghost, the unseen person, but yet God, the Son of God. In the millennium, he sets upon his Father's throne, which he'll be Son of David. 
He revealed himself first as son of man, a prophet. This age, through the church age, son of man, or son of uh, God. And in the other age, son of David. Three sons. But you notice here, he said, at the ending of the church age, it had gotten such a mess, till he would be revealed again as son of man. When the son of man is being revealed. How appropriate was that mix-up yesterday, and I hope you don't miss it. We have had the revelation of Son of God, but the last promise that Abraham had before the Son was made or brought into existence, the one that he was been promised before the promised Son showed up, God manifested himself there at Sodom as a prophet, being a man in flesh, God Elohim, as I heard someone speaking a while ago, which the Godhead bodily was in him. He was the fullest, Elohim is the fullest of the Godhead bodily. And we notice there, when Lot saw, when Abraham saw him coming, he said, My Lord, there was three of them. And down in Sodom, Lot saw two and said, My Lord's lack of revelation. So notice what taking place here. When he come up high, he made himself known. Could we not? Could I not say this if I'd just been on my toes? The brother prophesied when he said to me what he did. This day, watch what he did right after the reading of that scripture. In the days when the Son of Man, not a man, not a human being, the Son of Man, will reveal himself among these people again. This day, this promise of this hour that we're now living in is fulfilled before our very eyes. He turned immediately to the congregation and ten or twelve, whatever people it was out there, unknowing. He did the very same thing he did at Sodom. This day, has this scripture been made manifest before you? It's been made true before you. Then, my brother, sister, delegate, ministers, whatever we are here, children of God, how close are we to his coming then? If we're now seeing the scripture that he promised just before the fire fell in Sodom, to burn it up and liken this day to it, and seeing that scripture right before our eyes being fulfilled, how close are we to the coming of the Son of God then? How close is the manifestation of the scriptures like he did through Abraham bringing the church up in type, which he was the promise to the church? And now we find out Abraham's natural seed, how they failed, but the royal seed of Abraham, which is by faith in the promised word, is now being manifested on the earth today. We are at the end time, my brothers and sisters. We are at the end. And we have not one other type. I have to type scriptures because I don't have an education enough to bring out words and things. I make a type, but if I see in the shadows, if I never had seen my hand and see the shadow, I know I had five fingers. And that's why you have to watch the scripture types of the Old Testament. What does it do? It foreshadows this. And Jesus said that Sodom was the foreshadow of the end time now. And the very scriptures that was promised to Sodom, the very scriptures that were taking place to Sodom that Jesus said would repeat itself again in this day, it's made known right before us today. God bless you. Don't miss it. And if I don't see you here next year, when you climb the golden stairs, I hope to meet you up there. God bless you. Father, we are, according to the scriptures, we're seeing manifested before us the last sign and type. The words of Jesus Christ said this is so, just as it was at Sodom. We see the world in its condition. We see the church in its condition. We see the 
the elect being called out of every denomination, the life that's in those places moving out now to take the form of the sea. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we'll awaken it quickly. As the brother just said, now he's seen before his face. And when he had his eyes closed, just masses going before him. Oh, God, we feel that there's masses untouched yet. Help us, dear God. May we go from this convention with such a warning in our heart, knowing that this day the scripture is fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, our editor, Jerry Jones, would come up here. His, his mother-in-law is unconscious right now. He just got news. And they're ministers of the gospel, four square ministers. What we just, he's, I know he's very heavy-hearted. And, yeah. and, uh, and just, uh, just, just uh, No, they're, uh, they're in Los Angeles. Nicole. Distance is no difference to God. He's omnipresent. He has to be to be God. Some of the greatest things that I've known of being done in my own humble ministry is by telephone or someone calling in. Great things taking place. Let us agree together that God will heal this people that's sick. Dear Heavenly Father, we bring them into your presence by prayer. We know that one night it was an apostle that was shut off from all activity then. He was in a jail. And he was going to be beheaded the next day. And down at John Mark's house, they had a prayer meeting. And right in those inner cells, there came that same pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel, or the children of Israel followed it through the wilderness. Came right in because of that prayer meeting and opened every door and brought the apostle out on the street again, free to minister. We understand that these mis- ministers, missionaries, people is bound in now. They, they're even in a coma. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hear our prayer tonight, O oh God. You said when you pray, believe that you receive what you ask for. It shall be given. Lord, we believe. And pray that in Jesus' name that you'll heal them, Lord, for your glory. It's been said been asked. Now let it be done. Amen. 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 God bless you. You believe it? Amen. You recognize that fellow? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've changed since those days, brother. <laughs> he is a very handsome fellow. Yeah, he's still handsome, brother, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> a nice picture. Yes. And we had your aunt to stand a moment ago, too. And maybe you like to say a word, Howard? They left out. We all appreciate Brother Shakari. No, we ever want to.